Let's pray, and uh, we'll jump into more this morning. Father, we uh, thank you that we can come here this morning and be before you. And God, we're uh, just blessed by the gift that you gave in your Son, Jesus Christ. This morning, uh, we just pray that as we talk about joy, that we would be able to just let go of everything else and just feel your presence, feel the joy that you have for us. Your name. Amen. So when we think about joy, we oftentimes think about it as an emotion, right? And if you look it up in the dictionary, the dictionary calls it a feeling. But as you look at scriptures and we read through the different verses and the different passages in scripture, we realize that joy is so much more than a feeling. It's a state of mind. It's actually an orientation of our heart. And oftentimes when we are struggling or dealing with emotions, we don't think too much that emotions are a choice. Uh, If we think about our own experience with emotions, oftentimes it's emotions that persuade us, but it's not that we actually influence or persuade our emotions. And so we have these human responses. Sometimes we become over-emotional, right? Because they just well up inside of us and we can't contain it and they just pour out. Other times we become controlling, right? And we just, we put the lid on tight and we keep things nice and close and and don't let anything in and we just don't, we become more emotionless, right? Because we're we're all about protecting the emotion and we don't want to actually be persuaded. So we we create this, this cave or this capsule around our emotions so we don't let them out. And joy is one of those emotions that all throughout scripture, God is just like, let your joy flow. Let it come forth from within you and just pour out. You know, throughout scripture, he's always saying, rejoice, be joyful, you know, sing with joy, be happy, be joyful, be exuberant, be excited. And that, that is an expression of an overflowing and outpouring of God's joy in our life. But life isn't always that easy, right? And we experience things in our lives that interfere with our ability to have joy. And we experience things in our life that don't help us feel like we can be joyful in moments. And as much as we like to get excited and get pumped up about the holidays, there are also times that can bring up some of these hurts, some of these emotions, and some of the pain of past holidays, maybe the pain of family relationships, maybe the experience of expectations on having a certain thing. You know, it doesn't take long. I take Quinn to the store, and he is like, everything is there for him to want. And he just lets you know what he wants, you know. And, And thankfully, we do all right, and we don't throw the massive temper tantrums. But, you know, we have our moments. And, and, I can feel that stress, right? Like, okay, okay, how can I say this so that Quinn's not going to freak out here? You know, and how do I let him know that we don't need, you know, that big fluffy stuffed animal thing that, you know, giggles or whatever, you know, and that he'll be okay without it. And and that creates stress. And that stress can increase to actually a lack of joy in giving him the gifts that I do have for him, you know, that that the act of giving should be something that that is joy-filled, 
it is something that my heart yearns to do, that, that the emotional expression just pours out and overflows in the offering of this gift to my son. And if I don't stay positive, if I don't choose to walk in that way, then the stress of taking him to a store and having him say, I want that, I want this, can actually impact and interfere with my ability to have joy. Some of you might uh, shop at at, um, Aldi's, and, and we go there, and Quinn often goes there, and and the cash in the checkout line, they have um, boxes of like candy and just like any other cashier thing, and they have um, Slim Jims. This kid, he has never had a Slim Jim in his life, but I'll tell you what: every time we're there, he wants one. He throws it in the cart, and it's like a fight. And he's never had a Slim Jim before. I don't know why he thinks he's gonna like it. I don't even know, but so. He's not here, so I can say this. So we got him a Slim Jim, you know, because there's joy in being able to give him something he wants. And we're like, yeah, we're probably throwing that thing out, like, the moment it's open because he spits it out or whatever. But it's, it's a way of us being like, we love our son and we want to share something that he wants. You know, it brings us joy to give him this thing despite his, yeah, inability to actually know what he wants. In the book of Deuteronomy, it seems kind of weird that we're going there, but we're going there. Um, in the book of Deuteronomy, there's this verse amidst, in chapter 28, um, and it's verse 47 and 48. Chapter 28 is actually a really depressing chapter, um, kind of the opposite of joy, because it talks about curses, and it talks about Israel and the enemies of Israel being cursed, um, and it talks about that cursing coming as a result of disobedience. Um, But there's this one verse in there that talks about joy that I wanted to kind of pick up on this morning. And it is um, Deuteronomy 28, verse 47 and 48. I'm just going to read the um, first part of 48. But 47 says, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart, Because of the abundance of all things, therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. When we come into the holiday season, I don't know if you guys feel this way or not, but we hit that last week in November, the week, you know, that Thanksgiving is in, and all of a sudden I forget how, like, what the days of the week are. And I go through and I'm like, okay, so... We have Sunday, then Monday, then Tuesday, then Wednesday, and then that, that next day must be the first Friday of the week, and then we have the second Friday of the week. Because, have you noticed that Black Friday doesn't actually start on Friday anymore? It starts Thursday, right? And so I'm like, wait, how can we call Thursday Black Friday? Like, that's not, it's Thursday. And I get all confused. But that's not because... I actually forget my days of the week, right? It's because there's so much emphasis on consumerism. We just, there's so much pressure to get out there and get ready for Christmas, right? And, it, and we lose the pleasure and the joy of Thanksgiving and just being with family and, in, and sharing in the blessings of what God has for us. But then we also get 
barraged with all of this stuff to distract us. And if you look here, what does God say that they are distracted by? They're distracted by um, the abundance of all things. The abundance of all things. How much excess is in our life right now? So much excess. And you might think you live simply. And you probably, some of us do, right? But just being here in the United States, like there's just excess of so much stuff and the abundance of things, it becomes a distraction from what was so simple in regards to the birth of Christ, right? It was just a manger. It was a stable. There's hay. Cloth. He's wrapped in. I mean, it's simple. There was no excess. There was just enough. And when we get so caught up in that, and maybe it's not where our heart actually wants to be, but it's just kind of the, the culture, it's the atmosphere, it's, the, it's really all the stuff that goes against Christ on Christmas, right? And, and when we allow ourselves to give in, and our joy to be stolen from us because of all this consumerism, because of all these expectations of holiday meals and, and what we should have, we stop serving God and we start serving the expectations and the um, demands of a season of a cultural holiday. And when we do that, we no longer have the benefit of receiving the joy of the Lord because we're not actually serving the Lord. And that's what he's talking about in Deuteronomy. He's like, you want the joy of the Lord? You want to receive the joy? Then you got to be in submission. You got to be, you got to know who you're going after. You got to know who is the focus of your heart. And when the focus of our heart is God, then, then the, the result, the product of that is an ability to experience joy in our life. We go a little further in the Old Testament, and I want to look at Isaiah 9. Probably really familiar with this passage because this is the passage that um, is Isaiah's prophecy in terms of the coming of Jesus' birth. And we can see here the opposite of what we saw in Deuteronomy. So we're probably most familiar with um, Isaiah 9.6 where it says, For unto us a child is born to us, a son is given, right? We hear that, the song is about that. Back up a couple of verses, and we hit 9, chapter, verse 3. It says, You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. The subject, right? The person who, um, the subject of this, this verse is God. You have multiplied the nations. And as a result, we have received joy, right? But the Israelites aren't being joyful about their numbers, right? We, culturally, we think the more gifts under the tree, the better, right? The more, the better. The more, the better. And that's what consumerism is about. It's just consume, 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 right? It's all about getting, getting, getting. And, and when we are so focused on that, then we want to be happy about what we get. Or we want to be 
um, think that, oh, this, whatever this need that I have, you know, this pain or this emotion that isn't comfortable, if I just do this, I'll get that, you know? And some of this psychology actually works, right? So if you're feeling down, they say, dress up nice so that you can feel better about yourself. Yeah, that makes sense, right? And that, that's true. But if I need the latest technology or if I need the latest um, name brand item, well, then I'm no longer actually trying to um, encourage myself or take care of myself, but I'm actually trying to um, replace my emotions with something else. And I get so focused on outside external things helping me feel good that I don't actually stop and recognize that if I focus and bring my heart and my mind and my attention to God, that he tells me that he loves me and that I'm a child of God and that there is no better place for me than in his presence and with him. And when we read this passage in Isaiah and we see that they increased in joy, it's not about the numbers, it's not about the multiplication of the nation, although that's a great thing, and praise God for that. It's about God doing a work in them. It's about God's presence in that nation and building them up, and their joy increases because the Lord has favor upon them. And they get to express that joy. It's not easy, right? He says it's joy like the harvest. It's joy like um, gathering the, dividing the spoils of war. War and, and planting and, and farming, those things are not easy tasks, right? They take work. They take effort. They take discipline. But when we reap the benefit of the discipline, of the work, of the choice to engage then what we reap, what we gain, is incredible joy. Great reward. And, and that's the offering, that's what we have to give back to God. It's the joy that we can then go to God with and say, God, you are amazing. You are great. You are awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And the joy of being blessed by God and, and Him seeing the hard work that we invest and honoring that in us when it's for his glory and his gain. And so we see that here. You know, it might not be easy. Choosing joy might not be easy, but it is simple. If I put my trust and I invest in material things, right? That costs me. Self-esteem never actually grows because I'm constantly trying to appease it with all this other stuff. Personally, I never feel good with myself. It costs money. It costs time. And it's a, it's a, it's a divesting of myself into all this stuff. But when I invest in God, when I, when I commit to just being in his presence. It doesn't cost me anything, but I gain so much. It, doesn't, it, it might take my time, but it takes my time in a way where God just fills in and blesses me. And, it, and it's a time of great learning about myself, understanding who I am as a child of God, and then being loved for who I am. 
and knowing that I can move forward and love others because of the love that I know God has for me. And there's joy in that. There's peace in that. There's simplicity in that. Isaiah goes on. And we hit verse 6, which we said, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. John chapter 16 talks about this. He talks about um, the pain of labor. And then he, uh, he says, you know, the birth of a child is not by any means an easy process, nor is it a process without pain, anguish, great emotional expense, right? But he said, but all of that pair um, doesn't even match the joy that comes to holding that baby, right? That when we look at a baby, we have joy, even if it's not our own. Dave, there's a couple of um, pictures on the uh, pro presenter. Dave, if you mind um, throwing them up. Um, These are some images of some babies from Parker Ford. So maybe you can pick them out as you see them. But as we look, I mean, you just see the simplicity, right? You see the innocence in these little kids. the expressions, you know, unique ways that God designed. I mean, how do you not have a sense of joy, right, as you look at these pictures? You know? A child, you know, so innocent, so helpless, yet brings so much joy to our lives. And that's, that's how God uses, you know, that's what, that form, that, that little tiny baby, that's what God uses to introduce Jesus, that's what he uses to give us the gift of joy in our lives. Luke chapter 2. And if you wouldn't mind, I'll have you stand for the reading of this passage. I'm going to read the account of the angels coming to the shepherds. Starting with verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. 
and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. May God add the richest blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. We have the same message that the shepherds had that night. And every year, you know, we take this time to remember that message and we take this time to celebrate and enjoy that gift of Jesus in our life. It was no accident that God sent the angels to the shepherds because that's how he's worked, right? Think of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David. They were all shepherds called by God into ministry for him. The angels, they come, they say, don't be afraid, right? I mean, these are pretty miraculous moments. And they say, have good news of great joy. Don't be afraid, because the news I have for you brings great joy. And as we think about the birth of our Savior, may we not be afraid of what that means or what kind of impression that's going to give to people that we love Jesus. But let us be filled with joy. Let us not be conscious of what others might think because we are filled with joy. But let's just be free to express that joy. Be free to experience God's fullness. Let's not put this this net or this barrier around our emotions when we think about God giving his son, Jesus Christ, for us. But let us just embrace it and have joy that, that we're able to receive this. The reason it's so important to not hinder the joy is because this message isn't just for us, right? This, is, this gift isn't just for us. It's not like we get the gift and then we get to go to our room and play with it all by ourselves and not let anybody else see it or share, right? But it's a gift and it's a message that we're called to share. And joy, joy's contagious, right? You ever try and be grumpy around somebody? 
you know, who is happy and joyous and excited, it's really hard or they're really annoying and you just need to leave, right? Like you just get out because you're like, I can't take it. I'm going to like lose it because the, the tension of it, right? I mean, even the Grinch can't stay grouchy the whole time, right? He gives in at the end and he's like, okay, because it, there's just joy is contagious. And when we're joyful about the right things, then there's just an expression of it in our lives that people are drawn to and people want. There's so much pain and hurt and, and anguish and stress in the world, right? It's just, you don't have to go looking for it. It finds you and it lets you know it's there. But can we actually keep our thoughts focused on God? Can we choose to embrace the message of the gospel? And can we live out of the gift of Jesus Christ as our Savior and walk in joy and say, yeah, that stress is there. Yeah, that broken relationship, it's there. But I have a God who loves me. I have a God who sent his son to die on the cross for me. And he gave him as an infant. Because you can't not look at an infant and have joy. You know? You can't not look at a baby and just be filled with a wonder and amazement at what God created. And in that moment, everything else goes away, right? You know, the moment I held my son, I wasn't thinking about how much this kid's going to cost me. I wasn't thinking about how many times I'm going to send him to his room or how many times he's going to say something nasty that I'm just going to feel awful about, that I'm a horrible parent or I'm a horrible father, right? But I thought, how much does this little kid need my love, you know? And when we look at this baby, not only do we want, you know, do we want to look at this little baby Jesus and say, you know, how much does he need our love? Because he does, right? He doesn't need our love, but he asks us to love him. But then to know that something so innocent and something so helpless came because he loved us. And, and that, that's, that's joy, you know? It's humility. We're humbled by it, but it's joy. Because he found us to be something worth loving, despite all of the junk in our life, right? And that, that creates joy in someone's life. Because now all the stress, all the pressures, all that stuff, it doesn't matter because it doesn't define who I am. It doesn't say what I'm about. God tells me what I'm about. And that baby in a little manger, that tells me what I'm about. And I can have joy. And I can share that with others because I know how it makes me feel. I know that I love the feeling of joy. I love knowing that my father loves me. And there's no reason why anyone else shouldn't feel that love too. And so the joy 
prompts us. You know, the shepherds, they run, they go find Jesus, and then they go tell everybody about it. The angels, they start saying, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. We can't contain ourselves when we actually sit and embrace the story, when we actually understand and receive the joy. So wherever you are, right, this Christmas, maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking about, like, all the gifts you have yet to give, you know? Or maybe you're thinking about getting ready for this or having, getting this work done so you can actually enjoy the holiday or whatever. That stuff, it's going to be there, right? It's always going to be there. But the gift of Jesus Christ is a gift that says we can walk in joy. We can choose joy. And we can allow his birth and his gift to define us and define how we live our lives and share it with others. Let's pray. Father God, um, we just thank you so much. God, you are the author and perfecter of our faith and we just ask that as we get closer and closer to the celebration of the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. That we would increase in joy. That, Lord, your will towards us is for good. And joy is a fruit of your spirit, and it is, it is a gift of goodness. Father, I pray that we would walk in obedience with you so that we may experience the fullness of the joy that you have to offer. In your name.